Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to No Chick Flick Moments. Hello, I am your co-host, Remy. And I'm your other co-host, B. This is our Supernatural Watchcast. Hello. Hi. What's on the docket today? Today, we are talking about Supernatural Season 1. Episode 14, Nightmare. 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 This week has been a nightmare. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. But keep calm, carry on, head down, feet running. What other kind of pastiche things can I say? How about who cares about real life when there's supernatural to watch? Mm-hmm. And this episode is very curious because they were like, oh, right, we have a main storyline. <laughs> Let's get at her. <laughs> the whole, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just episode after episode of of Monster of the Week and then 43 minutes straight of plot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. We forgot. We need to cram this in. I feel like it is very, like, early 2000s, long-form television nostalgic, though, because this is exactly what they would do. They would, you know, watch CSI, you would have 10 episodes of nothing, and then, you know, the one episode where Gil gets buried alive in a car or something. Oh my god, I'm like, CSI has a plot? (laughs) It does. A little bit. A little bit. I make the assumption that anything like Law and Order and all of that, I'm like, there's no plot. There's just Monster of the Week. The monster's (laughs) human in that case. Yeah, well. Well, we have a plot episode today. Yay. 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 And it was written by Sarah Gamble and Rael Tucker. Gosh, they... I'm so used to later seasons where it's like, okay, here's the rhythm, here's the layout, and then it's like one episode in between two episodes written by the same people. I'm just a little baffled. Well, what do you mean? They wrote Faith, and that was only episode 12. Well, they wrote um, Dead in the Water, too. Yeah, but I'm thinking about Faith a little bit more (laughs) urgently than I am episode three. Well, okay, okay, so so, yeah, this one does come hot on the heels of Faith as episode 14. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Who directs it? It was directed by Phil uh, Sagrisha. Oh, our good buddy. Yeah, that's a familiar name. Yeah. We'll see him for another decade or more. (laughs) And the original air date for the episode was February 7th, 2006. Cute. (laughs) And the synopsis for this episode, which is, let me check, yes, a full half page of notes. Oh my god. Is... uh, Sam 
has a premonition in which a man is killed, but the murder is made to look like a suicide. Sam convinces Dean that they must investigate the case, but the two are puzzled when they fail to find anything that indicates that the death was supernatural in nature. That is, until they find out that Max, the reclusive son of the first victim, has been using his recently acquired power of telekinesis to kill the family members that once abused him. Sam also discovers Max's mother was killed by the same fiery demon that took his own mom. <sighs> I mean, that's it. Do we have to go through scene by scene? <laughs> Yeah, we. I feel like I feel like I'm making like dad jokes because we just say the same thing every time. I know, but they they're the ones responsible for it. They're packing us into a corner. <laughs> that is a comprehensive uh, synopsis right there, for yeah. sure. Yeah, let's get more granular then. <laughs> what everyone wants, what everyone needs. Mm-hmm. Opening scene B. Take it away. Yes. So we have a Michigan man getting locked inside of his car inside of a closed garage. The carbon monoxide is pouring out of this car, and no matter how he tries, he cannot turn the locks, he cannot turn off the ignition. He just has no option but to sit in the thickening fog, the radio flickering as his life is snuffed out. The license plate is very obvious to us. Um, and Sam takes that information away as he wakes from a dream with this vision in mind. Let's ignore the fact that it would, I'm pretty sure it takes several hours for, uh, uh, someone to die in a locked Mm -hmm. garage, but you know. I, I'm like, my dad almost died of carbon monoxide poisoning, like his whole family, um, it was wintertime-ish, you know, and the chimney just didn't work in the house the way you thought, and they were all well asleep, but it didn't come quickly. It was a slow boil there. You're like, oh, I think I'm just going to go to sleep now. So, oh, no. yeah, there was definitely some liberties taken with, we're going to let this car run for three minutes, and it's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Sam wakes from his nightmare. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Catchphrase. And he is uh, immediately up and packing and rousing Dean, also with him in the motel room. And they're out the door in a matter of minutes because Sam says they have to go. Go, go, go. Yes. This is, yes. you know. Urgent. Urgent. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, so they're on the road and Sam is on the cell phone calling in the license plate to get the man's address. And Dean is trying to talk him down. You know, why would you have a premonition about some random dude? But um, Sam's call continues on and he gets the name Jim Miller in Saginaw, Michigan. And when he asks Dean how far away they are yet they're a couple hours out so sam demands that they drive faster 
Yeah, Dean is saying, look, it was probably just a normal nightmare, but Sam is insisting that uh, this one felt different. It felt real, just like when he dreamt about Jessica and when he dreamt about uh, the family that had moved into their uh, childhood home in Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kansas. Yeah. So they... Drive up to the address given for this Jim Miller, um, and they have clearly arrived too late because there is a crowd around the house that they join, and they find out that Jim apparently died by suicide. And I feel so bad because Sam is so devastated. He didn't, you know, make it in time. And... Mm -hmm. um. And he kind of figures if he's having this vision, it should come with enough time on the clock to change it. And Dean is trying to comfort him, saying, no, like, we could not have gotten here faster. You can't be too bummed about being here too late. Right, right. And Sam is, like you said, saying, well, then what's what's the point of it all? Why Why is it happening if I can't change it? And I'm like, Sam, you were on the phone with the police you should have sick them on the house i know if you were really worried i like tried to look up what he called in he called it a signal 480 and i'm like it doesn't make sense for michigan but the way that um code is used in other states is like a hit and run so he Hmm. was maybe just trying to imitate you know hey we got someone who ran off from this accident and here's the license plate and it's not enough to... Okay, <laughs> psych! He's actually at home. Can you please check out? I think he's in danger. Mm. Well, I can only assume that they were talking to the state office um, because they didn't know... Because uh, Sam wouldn't have known that it was specifically uh, Saginaw, Michigan. So at that point, once he did find out the details, Jim's details, he could have called the local police office and 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 put them on the house. But I'm, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. You can you can let it slide because it, when Sam did have those premonitions of Jess's death and the danger that. Um, the the Leb- not lebanon uh yeah lebanon? oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh lawrence. lawrence yeah the lawrence family was in those were not immediate dangers sam was having those visions days before the uh days before those events were actually coming to pass so uh i i can see how they would have been surprised that it just like within a matter of hours of him having this vision, it came to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it all of a sudden accelerated? But yeah, we hear Jim just seems to be a poor guy, that poor family. The mom is super broken up and the son is distraught, allegedly, according to the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And Dean is kind of wondering, you know, maybe this is just a suicide. But Sam said that it was a murder by unknown means. And so um, they'll look into it in the morning. Um, but in the meantime, Dean seems to be a bit worried about Sam. And Sam is catching on those glances and just hating how he's being looked at by his brother. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Sam is questioning why 
why is this happening to him and and what does this all mean and then it dean you know is is not really putting forth his own theories he's just Mm -hmm. shooting these concerned glances over to sam and sam says stop looking at me like that um but dean tries to assure sam that he's not looking at sam like like there's something wrong with him i guess he's just worried about him yeah exactly or if he is like more concerned he doesn't want his brother to know it yes yeah and i think sam is just very defensive um because this is not normal and yeah. he's he's worried about what it means and he's worried how Dean is going to, you know, how does Dean really feel about it? Yeah. What is to come on their horizon here? Mm-hmm. But if they're going to talk to the family in disguise, they might as well go dressed as priests. <laughs> so they knock on the door. They introduce themselves as juniors at the St. Augustine Church the family attends. And they get in, but Jim's brother Roger does not want the religious spiel. Um, The wife, Alice, gets uh, more involved instead. Who is this Alice you speak of? That's Aunt Zelda, B. I know. Oh, my God. As soon as she starts talking, I'm like, this is just syrupy sweet. I love her voice. I am brought back to Zelda Spellman. Everything is wonderful. I love her so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sabrina the Teenage Witch was mm, definitely, definitely brought me back there. No kidding. And Sam is like, oh my god, we're so going to hell for this. I can't believe- He's really pressed. (laughs) I I can't believe you talked me into this Dean. And then Dean is just walking in, walking in there. Oh, salutations. God bless. Yeah. Lord works in mysterious ways. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, anything for the flock. Oh, my God. And so when they're sitting on the couch and kind of waiting for Alice to bring coffee, um, Sam's kind of smacking, like, cut it out, like, dial it back here, bud. And then when she shows up, um, they start asking questions, but it sounds like it's a happy family. Nothing ever was, like, terrible. They have their ups and downs like anyone. And they also find out that Max, the son, found Jim, and so Sam offers to go talk to him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they start out asking about Jim himself, and uh, Alice is saying that she doesn't know why he would have done this, committed suicide, and... um, Sam breaks off to talk to Max, who was the one that actually found Jim in the garage. And Dean is talking uh, more to Alice, asking now about the house. And uh, is there anything unusual been going on? You know, creaky noises, cold spots, Mm -hmm. the whole the whole shebang. And no, no, nothing like that. No, they moved here five years ago, but everything's been fine. There's nothing really pointing at this house having a 
preternatural relationship with a ghost or something like that. Mm -hmm. So Dean's kind of like, oh, well, this conversation's a dead end. May I use your restroom? (laughs) So he goes off upstairs. And in the meantime, we see Sam and Max talking. Um, Max lives at home still. He's saving up for school, but it's tough. And um, his recounting of the night before is that he woke up, heard the engine running, and he doesn't know why his father would kill himself. But Sam commiserates a bit with him about the difficulty of losing a parent. Yeah, some of mm, some of the same as what we heard from Alex, just a normal guy. Nothing, nothing to see here. Yeah. And that cute little beat of Sam, you know, maybe acknowledging for once that he had a mother who died. Mm. We have such a challenging relationship with him and Mary in this first season because Dean's definitely the more visibly upset about her loss. But Sam, in this episode, we get to see a bit more of how he took that loss, too. That's true. That's true. Because, you know, Sam has said in previous episodes, I didn't know her. Uh, I never knew mom. Uh, So that is difficult for Sam to relate to some of the grief that we we see from Dean. Uh, But Sam did grow up missing that parental figure. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that at the end of this episode. (laughs) But in the meantime, Dean is upstairs using an insane looking gadget with lasers to scout for, I guess, thermal readings? Oh my god, he whips out this fucking circuit board from inside his jacket. It's as big as a Nintendo Switch. I'm like, what? Where were you hiding this? I know. I was like, this would show in your jacket pocket. Like you said, I I was like, okay, so he's carrying a switch around for no fucking reason. <laughs> it's got antenna, B. I'm like, okay, they just wanted a device here to show us that they've been scouting. But at the same time, I was like, you could have just had the EMF reader and then have like no crackle. Like if you were worried about, well, would they use the device using noise? I mean, it's irrelevant in this situation. You could have just used it and had it been quiet. I I have so many opinions about this weird-ass thing. I'm so glad that the trivia for this episode says the one and only time (laughs) Dean uses this thermal EMF reader. It's so wild. He... It's got lasers. (laughs) Oh, my God. no, I I was like, hard pass. This was a fail. Do not bring this back. Thank you. Thank you for never acknowledging <laughs> this device again. Talk about talk about CSI. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was wild. And I was just, yeah, exactly what you said. This is not sneaky. This is so less sneaky than Dean with his EMF uh, Walkman with the headphones plugged in uh, walking the the aisle of a plane. Yeah. And God. now he's in a hallway freaking James Bond playing like an Atari video game with lasers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. And he's, he hears someone coming up the stairs behind him and hastily tucks away this device. How? But yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, you're not subtle, Dean. But it's okay because it's just Sam. Yeah. And so they leave. We return to this very rustic looking motel. And Dean is cleaning the weapons while Sam recaps their research. Essentially this, essentially saying that the house and the land are clean. There's no signs of demons or poltergeists. So was the dream a coincidence? Um, there doesn't seem to be any supernatural beings in the house. So maybe this is something strange connected to Jim only. Yeah, Jim specifically, because Dean is saying, yeah, I'm pretty sure the house is clean, so I'm not saying that you're wrong, Sam, but what are our other options? And Sam uh, might have some things, you know, some alternate uh, theories, but before he can really get anything out there it seems like he is assaulted with this uh sharp pain in his head that is just getting worse moment by moment until Mm -hmm. the headache is so extreme that he doubles over onto the floor and uh dean goes over to try to figure out what what the hell is happening yeah So we're taken away by another vision, this time of Uncle Roger. He's in his apartment drinking a beer. The window slides open on its own. Roger goes over and locks it shut, but it opens again. And this time it won't budge closed underneath his efforts. So he leans out the window to look it over and then boom, it slams shut, decapitating him. Oh my goodness. Ugh, yeah, I was like, this is a very bloody, bloody bit here. As Sam returns to the motel room, and there's no time to waste. They gotta go. Yeah, we have heads rolling, and uh, Sam and Dean are racing over to Uncle uh, Roger's apartment, uh, and... Sam is again lamenting, uh, you know, all the unknowns and what the hell is happening with him. Now he's having a vision while he's awake. It's not just in his dreams. And what is it about the Miller family? Mm-hmm. Why is he seeing them die? What is the connection? Yeah. Why is this happening to Sam? And he's looking sickly to Dean, but they weather on. And Sam is saying, like, tell me this doesn't freak you out. Like, he's challenging his brother a bit. And Well, Dean yeah, because kind Dean of... is doing what Dean always does. He's making mm-hmm. light of things. He's ignoring. He's deflecting. He's making comments like, hey, Sam, if you're going to hurl, I'll, I can pull over, you know, watch out for the upholstery. And um, Sam says look, I'm scared. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And how can you tell me that this doesn't freak you out? Yeah. 
And Dean, you see, he kind of shores himself up and then, nope, this doesn't freak me out. He just bald face lies, so you can tell. Yeah, sets his jaw and says, nope, this doesn't freak me out. Yeah. So they pull up outside of the apartment building. They're kind of yelling from the window to Roger to stop him from entering the building. But he tells them off, goes inside anyways. Um, Sam and Dean tried the back emergency ladder outside the building and they climbed to Roger's floor, but it is too late. The window is spattered red, similar to in the vision, and Roger is dead. Mm-hmm. 11 stories up on uh, a, a fire escape. I've, yeah. And they're only worried about the fingerprints here and now. <laughs> well, we've seen them wear gloves before. But I'm like, they definitely were using the railing up these 11 stories. And then once they get there, they're like, oh, shit, let, let's wipe down everything. We don't want the cops knowing we're here. But hey, then well, Dean goes inside the building anyways. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were trying to, uh, you know, try, they were in a little bit of a hurry. So yeah. now that it's If they were late. fast enough, they wouldn't have to worry about fingerprints. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, uh, Dean is directing Sam to wipe down the railing and he goes into the apartment to check things out and uh, as we cut away dean then says no there was nothing i searched that place up and down there was nothing there yeah but sam recalls seeing a dark figure or a dark shadow in his vision so he's wondering what that could be you know is this a spirit that is latched onto the family and Dean is throwing out there, you know, maybe Roger and Jim got involved in something cursed. Um, or maybe Sam was the one still saying that. But he's really worried if Max is the next target, if it's going after the men in this family. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think that Max is in danger? And Dean says that, well, let's let's figure this out before it comes to that. And... Sam is really pulling out main protagonist syndrome here, too. And he's like, my family is cursed. Like, me and Max, we are connected in this way. And it's like, Dean, it's Dean's family, too. But okay, take ownership of it, Sam. Hmm. Well, Dean, immediately, our family's not cursed. Come on. Yeah, we've had their dark spots, but Sam just scoffs that off as like, okay, now you're making light of what we've been through. <laughs> yeah, our dark spots are uh, pretty dang dark. Yeah. But let's go try to find out more about, you know, what spe- what what is it specifically about Roger and Jim that uh, uh, could Led be to them dying this, this way. Yeah. 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 There are a lot of, uh, well, one, this is a very, you know, go, go, go episode, as I'm sure you yes. guys can tell. Uh, but I think this is our third drive in talk <laughs> so far ever in like the first 15 minutes of the episode. We don't even have time to see inside Roger's apartment, truthfully. We just have the cut of Dean going in and then Dean coming out being like, nope, that place is fine. Yeah. And now we are driving back over to Max's house, Max's house, 
to learn more about the family's history. Yeah. Sam and Dean are back in their priest costumes and asking Max, you know, how are you holding up? And um, he finds out that the dad and the uncle were close and they actually used to be neighbors when Max was growing up. And Dean is asking some pointed questions. You know, how was that for you as a kid? All good memories? Or was there anything unusual you remember about your uncle and your dad? Mm-hmm. And Max gets emotional, but he just says everything was normal. Everything was good. And it sounds like bullshit to Dean. Yeah, we were happy, says Max. Yeah. <laughs> Through tears and a warbling voice. No, everything is fine. I like, know. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> obviously they're not going to get anything from Max uh, directly, but they've uh, got enough because they excuse themselves and uh, they get to, you know, talk it out a little bit. Obviously, Max is hiding something. He sounded scared. Yeah. So let's go figure out, let's go t- see what's up with this old house in this old neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So they drive over to the old house's location and they talk to a neighbor of the building. And guess who this actor is? I didn't recognize him. Who is he? He is Jack Klein. Really? He's Kelly's dad. Da- Jack <laughs> Klein Sr., huh? Yep, yep, yep. Wow. So, fun fact that he'll show up again in season 14. (laughs) But in the interim, he is the neighbor, the old neighbor to the Millers, and he actually is contradicting everything Max said. You know, he says that he's never seen a kid mistreated the way that Max was treated by his drunken dad who beat him daily. And Roger was just as likely to swing at him, too. And the stepmom, Alice, would just stand aside. It was up to this neighbor here to call the cops on Max's behalf. And never, nothing ever came of it. Mm-hmm. It was almost constant, this abuse. And uh, you know, bruises, broken bones. This was... Um, horrendous yes max was violently mistreated and dean latches on to the fact that alice is labeled the stepmom you know what happened to max's mother and the neighbor just says i don't know she died in some kind of accident a car accident maybe and at this time sam gets another splitting headache and he starts to see mrs alice miller and max confronting her in the kitchen um the knife she was using to chop up an entire head of celery (laughs) is now floating through the air up to her face yeah and max is accusing her of her past wrongdoings uh alice is saying you know i never touched you but max to max it doesn't matter the fact that she stood by and never Mm -hmm. tried to help him made her just as much a part of it as uh his father and his uncle and alec alice deserves to be punished uh for it Yeah, she's as culpable as they are. Mm -hmm. 
and he's th- he's threatening her with the, the knife that he is holding um uh with his telekinetically yeah telekinetically <laughs> and she tries to apologize but uh for max it's too little too late and he uh he kills her yeah she's not saying this because she's actually sorry she just doesn't want to die so um, we do have a deleted scene here where basically it's the exact same thing happening, except way more gory. Really? Um, yeah. And I saw in the companion book, they basically said, yeah, sometimes we shoot things way like over the top just so that when the censors or whoever come back with notes, they're going to tone down the things we don't really care about as opposed to cut entire um, stories or whatever. So they're using the childhood tactic of I'm going to ask for a motorcycle. And when they say no, I'll say, well, how about a skateboard instead? And then get the skateboard that I wanted all along. Oh, my God. Do we ever is this in the companion book? Yeah, um, they have mentioned a couple of times that they shoot things and they're like, fingers crossed, we get this through. But if Uh we don't, then there's what we see on television. So Uh this scene and also the one where spoilers, Dean gets shot in the head were a lot more gory in the initial takes. And we got a more cutaway um, imply sort of damage that actually came about in this episode. I mean, this episode is pretty gory. Yes. Explicit. Yes. So they pick their battles, and I think, I mean, considering what we do see, they won most of them. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Dean Sam has this vision, and now we're on our fourth drive and talk, where, mm-hmm. where n- now we have. Uh, a fuller picture of what's happening it was max all along max was the one who was outside the garage when uh joe died no jim and (laughs) max was the one that was the shadow in the apartment when roger died and um sam isn't connected to the miller family it's he is sharing some sort of connection with Max, but why is it because they're so similar? And that whole bit of Sam being like, we must be really alike. You know, he starts by saying that they both have psychic abilities. And then the kind of silent part here is they both come from troubled families. Mm -hmm. And Dean is asserting that that's not true. He's saying that Max is a monster. You know, murder isn't justified and they need to stop him. Um, and Dean doesn't believe Sam when he insists that they can talk to Max. You know, he's a person, Dean. And uh, Sam makes Dean promise to follow his lead once they get there. But Dean brings a gun in with him at any rate. Yeah. Uh, okay, Sam, I'll follow your lead, but I'm not going to let him hurt anyone else. And this half conversation in the car kills me. Oh, I know. Just what, yeah, what's left unsaid because, um, 
Sam is drawing the parallels that he sees between himself and Max and the way that Dean uh, jumps in to refute uh, Sam's life was anything like Max's life Mm -hmm. is it's enough for us, the viewer, to just look at that quick defensiveness and be like, hmm, hmm, okay. Because, you know, if Jim is being described as this alcoholic, you know, this drunken dad who beat up his kids, well, in the pilot episode, we had Sam kind of sneering about Dean's concern about John being missing, saying, you know, he's probably out with old Jose and Jim being like, he's out with his old (laughs) bottles of beer, bottles of alcohol and getting himself drunk. So... It's very interesting to see in this episode how Sam goes from what his perception of his father was in the pilot to what he is saying at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so we see uh, the beginning of a- Alice's and Max's confrontation that... Uh, Sam, Saul, and his vision. But before it can escalate, we have Sam the Kool-Aid Man bursting <laughs> through the front door. And Alice, aka Aunt Zelda, being like, fathers? And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I love this. Right, right. Alice is just like, oh, what are you doing here? They literally just broke your front door. What are you talking about? <laughs> And Sam is coaxing Max to come outside. You know, I have to tell you something. What do you have to tell me? It's private. Okay. (laughs) And as they're on their way out, um, Sam sees, or sorry, Max sees in the reflection of a mirror um, the fact that Dean has a gun. And that just sets off his telekinetic abilities. He barricades the door shut, all the windows shut, and he's like, they're not priests! (laughs) Everything is heightened once again. Yes, yes. Um, Aunt Zelda is still in the kitchen. Max, what's going on? I'm like, girl, I would be more stressed. I mean, I guess the knife wasn't floating at this point in the timeline, but um, you're in danger, girl. (laughs) Well, uh, so yeah, the doors and shutters slam shut. Dean draws his gun, but Max pulls it from his grip. And um, as it clatters to the ground, he picks it up for himself and aims it. Uh, on Dean and Sam mm-hmm. And he also psychically tosses Alice aside. Her head slams into the kitchen island and Sam is immediately trying to talk Max down and is bringing up the fact that he has visions to say that it's a connection between them. You know, is it hard to believe that they could be connected or that Sam is here to help him? Um, Max disagrees, but Sam keeps on coaxing him and says that he and Max can just talk alone with each other for five minutes. It'll make a world of difference. And Dean super hates this, but Max does agree to talk to Sam alone. 
Yes, yeah. Sam is saying that he was drawn here for a reason. Drawn here to uh to to help Max. And Dean does not want to leave Sam alone, but Sam assures him that it's gonna be okay and uh Dean is able to uh take Alice and retreat upstairs out of immediate danger. And Sam and Max are left alone. Mm-hmm. So Sam is doing his best puppy dog eyes here and just saying he can't imagine what Max has been through growing up, but Max needs to let it go. And what they all did deserves punishment, yes, but... Um, it turns out Sam's assumption that all of these beatings and things were left in the past is wrong because Max pulls up his shirt and shows all of the massive bruises that he got last week when his dad got drunk and pissed. Yeah, and Jared is still trying to say, you know, this is not the solution. Killing them isn't going to to help you. You could leave, you could... You could get away, but Max is saying it wasn't about leaving because even if he did, he just would live in fear that it could happen again. And Mm -hmm. Max is just tired of being afraid all the time. Yeah, and like feeling helpless his whole life until he discovered these abilities. And at that point, he took them as a gift because he could fight back and not be afraid. Yeah, not Um, so helpless anymore. Exactly. That it kind of evens the ground that he felt was so imbalanced before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's making a point now to say to Sam, like, do you know what it's like when your dad looks at you with hate in your eyes? Like, every time he looked at me, I could see that he blamed me for everything in his life that went wrong, including my mom's death. And when Sam pries about that, he finds out that Max's mom died in a nursery when he was asleep in the crib. There was a fire and she burned up on the ceiling. I mean, these stories his dad told him are crazy, right? But, oh my god, even the musical cue that we're getting in this moment. um, The music is hearkening back to the pilot episode. Those, like, creepy, striking violin piano Mm -hmm. bits. No, this Um, is a very strong scene. Yes. Both Jared and Max's actor are killing it. Uh, There is a lot of tension and emotion. And even before we bring up this reveal that, uh, that Max and Sam are actually tied together more closely than we may have thought. Because whatever it was that killed Sam's mom is the same thing that targeted Max and killed his own mother. Yeah. So if they have this shared thing in their past and they have this shared, you know, psychic connection, um, Sam's mind is really racing through the implications of all of this. Yeah. You know, he's, he's telling to Max that, you know, your dad wasn't telling stories. It's true because that exact same thing happened to me with my mom. And if the same thing that 
killed our mothers, um, you know, there's more to what's going on here. Maybe we can help each other. Yeah, and these abilities, uh, Sam asks, you know, they started about six or seven months ago, right? Just out of the blue. And, you know, it was the same for me. And why us? Why do we have these abilities? And why is this demon targeting us? Or why did this demon choose us? He says, he says, we were chosen and max says for what for better or for like for for good or for bad yeah. uh and sam says that he doesn't know but this is not some coincidence no and they could help each other they could work on this and figure it out um you know he's kind of trying to say to max like there's something else you can do with your life besides target the people from your family that hurt you so like He's he's doing anything he can to kind of try and pull Max off of this road that he's hell-bent to follow. Yeah, he's even saying that um that Sam and 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 Dean, they are hunting for the thing that killed both their moms and and they they can figure it out, they can get justice, but uh, Max has to let them go. And Again, you know, doing this, killing your family is not going to solve anything. You're you're still going to be scared. And it seemed initially like Max might agree with that, that, okay, you're right. But um, he shakes his head and disagrees, saying that, like, he's been so scared. He has nightmares over this, and he just wants it to be over by killing Alice. You know, putting all three of his abusers in the ground is what is going to allow him to move forward. Right. Uh, Sam's pleas are falling on deaf ears, and he, uh, they both stand. Max is, is saying no i have to do this I, I i still have to do this and sam tries to get in between max and and the upstairs but max uh thrust him into the the hall closet and then pulls a heavy cabinet over uh the closet doors uh, trapping sam yeah. And Max does issue an apology as he does this because Max is just trying to say it's not going to help. It's going to be more pain, but you're not alone anymore. And it, it's just not enough to get Max to change the path that he's following. Mm -hmm. He psychically throws Sam, like you're saying, and then he goes up to the bedroom where Dean is tending to Alice's head injury. Hmm. Yeah, Sam saying you, know, you don't have to go through this by yourself, but it's yeah, it's and not like enough. that's that's going to be the pivotal thing that even Sam doesn't really realize at this point that yeah. why he's so different from Max is he didn't go through his childhood alone and oh my god, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is. Um. Yeah, and, and speaking of Dean, Dean mm -hmm. is tending to to Aunt Zelda, 
and <laughs> Max enters into the room and psychically throws Dean uh, out of his his path. Uh, and Alice, like, Max! <laughs> like, scold- scolding a puppy that got up on the counter. Like, oh, come no. on. I'm like, Aunt Zelda feels like she's been enjoying a Xanax or two. Like. <laughs> Max, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> well, Dean again tries to get in between Max and uh, Alex. Al, Al, Max and Alice. Because I'm like, Max and Alicia. Max and Alex. <laughs> I, I, You're Zelda? getting seasons ahead of yourself. I really am. Oh man. Uh so so Max has uh is threatening them with the gun again and Dean tries to get in between uh Max and his aunt and Max tries <laughs> to warn Okay, I can do this. Max tries to warn Dean that he doesn't want to do this. You know, stay out of his way. This isn't about you, Dean. This is between mm-hmm. him and his aunt. But Dean says that if you want to get to her, you have to go through me. And Max says, okay. And shoots Dean through the head. And Dean falls dead to the floor. Yeah, and holy shit, but psych, it's another vision, and it's enough to get Sam super upset, and he is able to, for the first time, telekinetically move something. He unblocks the cabinet from the closet, and then makes it up to the bedroom in time to save Dean. Um, Psychic Sam! Psychic Sam! I love it so much. It's I cheered. Fantastic. I cheered aloud when <laughs> Sam let out that no, and the and the dresser the dresser was pushed away from the door, and Sam is just completely flabbergasted that this is actually a thing that actually happened. Yeah, <laughs> me too, bud. And so running upstairs, he's talking to Max again, begging him to let him help him. But Max just gets fatalistic when Sam's saying, you know, this isn't going to change anything. And I'm like, oh, my God, all of the therapy. (laughs) Oh, Sam, if only you've seen a therapist, you would know some of these techniques are really not going to work out. Yeah. Yes. Max grows fatalistic and shoots himself. Yeah. You're right. You're right. This isn't going to change anything. And he instead removes himself from the situation. Yeah. We can't have Sam or Dean kill Max, but we can have Max kill himself. Yeah. I was trying to remember, because I was trying to remember, um, where I'd heard this tune before when Sam and Dean were in the car on the way to Max's place and Sam is saying 
Max is a person. We don't kill people. And Dean saying, you know, Max is a monster and this is no different than, than anything else that we hunt. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a very similar uh, argument that happened in Faith, funnily enough, when yep. they, uh, when Sam and Dean figure out that it is, uh, at the time they think it's the, the, the pastor, but it's actually the pastor's wife that is controlling the reaper that is uh, killing people at uh, the pastor's uh, behest. And Dean is saying, hey, I know one way to solve the problem. We kill the person that's controlling the Reaper. And Sam steps in to say, no, we don't kill people. Even if that person is killing other people, we, uh, we have to find another way to, to do this. Yeah. And, and, and but, Dean's argument is always, you know, what are we going to do? Call the cops? Sure. Exactly. Like, what are the cops going to do to handle a psychic that can float knives and shoot guns with his mind? Right. Right. And in Faith, you know, the, the problem was neatly solved for them, right? When mm -hmm. the, the Reaper was released, uh, it, uh, it killed uh, the pastor's wife it's it's itself so you know the brothers didn't really have to do anything there either no and i don't know how i feel about them getting away so scot-free with these difficult decisions because i would like to see them have to suffer with it but i'm also like we have moments in later seasons like with amy and um emma where it's like we're going to have these morally gray decisions made. And then don't worry, there's no consequences behind it. There's no growth. There's no development. There's no wrestling with it after the fact. It's just, oh, well, we had to make the difficult decision and it turns out it wasn't difficult at all. I agree that if we you know, had seen something like that here in this season, we would have wanted to see it because we wouldn't have, we would have wanted to see how it shaped the characters. Um, mm -hmm. But when we did get it in later seasons, it was no more impactful than it, than it is for them to get the easy cop out. Like in these yeah. two episodes. Yeah. So it, yeah, they could, it could have, could have gone a little bit better. Hey, next episode is the benders. Oh, my God. Talk about, you know, who are the real monsters. Yeah. We're going in with the people being the real monsters after all theme. Mm-hmm. But don't worry. It won't last long. I think it's season one and we can't. Um, uh, it's too early to make our, you know, antiheroes. Yeah. Now. I think... I'm I'm on the same boat as you. It's too heavy a consequence, or it should be. And knowing with future vision that <laughs> psych, the heavy consequences aren't ever really carried through morally or in the story, then all right, whatever. Let's have the abused, upset, depressed person kill themselves. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
Well, well, Sam is, you know, he he sees this as a failing. He, this is this is not a win. If only he had said something different. If only he had been able to get through to Max, then yeah. it you know it didn't have to be this way. Yeah. We have a final bit with Alice where she's giving a police statement and says that Sam and Dean were family friends. She called when she found out Max was upset and they tried to stop him. Um, They don't know where he got the gun. I'm sitting here. I'm like, did Dean lose one of his pearl handled guns because the police would want it in for evidence? I figure that they just broke into uh, the precinct and raided the evidence lockers later that night. Fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, she's crying. She's saying that she lost everyone. <laughs> and Sam and Dean are like, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's just sneak out the back here. Yeah. And like you said, Sam is beating himself up for not saving Max. But Dean is saying that it, Max was just too far gone. And Sam risked his life. What more could he have done? Yeah, Sam can't torture himself over this. Uh, You know, just like in the first death of this episode, Dean knows that they did all that they could. They got there as fast as they could. It just wasn't enough. Uh, This wasn't their fault. No. And it's at this point that Sam is saying that they were lucky that they had Dad. And Dean looks baffled to hear it and even says, never thought I'd hear you say that. (laughs) And Sam elaborates that, you know, John could have gone the other way, drinking more, doing less demon hunting. And I'm just like, Sam, your brother was more liable to be Max and have Max's childhood than you were. Like, you saying that... They escaped Max's fate is more like, no, you escaped Max's fate. And Dean was the four-year-old with the depressed John straight off the hop drinking and child services getting involved. Like, oh my God, I have so many things to say. All things considered, we turned out okay, thanks to him. Okay, Sam. I think that I think that you need to reevaluate some things because all things because because look at Dean, yeah, in in his you know or I should say Jensen's choices in how he plays the scene. Because when when Sam is saying you know we were lucky to have to have Dad, it could have gone another way. Me internally screaming, "What other mm-hmm. way, Sam? You are a professional killer. What?" <laughs> I know. It's like, you're like, well, at least he didn't beat us. And I'm like, flashing forward to Dean at Sonny's little house for neglected boys and how he's got bruises around his wrist. And his dad was like, you stole peanut butter and jelly because I didn't give you money to feed you boys. And fuck you. I'm going to just throw you to the wind. Like, I'll leave for six months. (laughs) Oh, Sam. At least we had dad to raise. I'm like, you mean you had Dean to raise you, right? Yes. Like, again, Dean is 
the parent that Sam is just not seeing as a person yet. Like he's so accustomed to his brother in that role that he's blind to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Dean's little closed mouth. Yeah. All things considered like exactly the weight behind the silence. Exactly. I mean, Sam spending so much of this episode trying to find the parallels between him and Max. And we have Dean being the one, you know, stepping in front of Alice and Mm -hmm. doing what she never did and defending, like, like stepping up to be the the first line of defense. An active participant in trying to stop the violence. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not even done because Sam says when we leave this scene and we're back at the log cabin and we're packing up, Sam confesses to Dean that, that, you know, something happened when Sam was trapped in the closet. He moved the dresser. No, I mean, like, I moved the dresser and with his mind yeah yeah and again sam is saying that he's you know he's freaked out by this he's he's scared and dean aren't you scared that i can turn out like max and dean says no i'm not because you have something that max didn't have you have me and well sam you mean dad (laughs) and i'm like you little moron (laughs) <laughs> Don't talk to your mother like that. Like, <laughs> but all of this, you know, the 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 car conversation, the conversation outside of the house, this now it is all you know neon sign flashing above Dean's head. I am Max. <laughs> well, we're we're in trouble. We're in. A difficult situation and instead of freaking out and giving into it I'm going to you know I'm going to take the hit but I'm going to play it off with a joke being like here Sam take this spoon can you bend it like Dean is taking a lot of these things in stride even though he probably wishes that he didn't have to like he wants to freak out to his brother but instead he is playing the calm parent role and like you saying, like the parallels to Max, I'm like, Max saying, dad never looked at me the same way. He looked at me with hate in his eyes. And I'm just like, we're four episodes away from the Striga episode where Dean says that his dad stopped looking at him in the same way. And that was worse somehow than any punishment he could have doled out. Like, Dean is Max. <laughs> yeah. And Dean is the one that has built his whole self-identity around being Sam's staunch protector. Because Mm -hmm. when Sam is trying to say, like, you know, I'm just like Max, Dean is the one to say, no, you're not, because I made sure that you weren't. Yeah. You have one advantage Max doesn't have. And then Sam just being like, dad, because dad's (laughs) not here, Dean. And I'm just like... I grab both of your ears like a jug of water and I just shake you a little bit. Do you have anything in your head right now? Like, Dean goes and says, no, me. And as long as I'm around, nothing bad is going to happen to you. And, like, that's that's the thesis statement of Dean's life is that 
you know, if it had just been him and dad, it might have been a lot worse. But Dean didn't get the opportunity to wallow or have a hard time because he had to be Sam's protector. And because Sam had a protector, he couldn't turn out like Max. Like the fact that they had each other is why they didn't end up like Max. Not because John is some miracle compared to Jim Miller. Yes, yes, and yes. That's going to be one of, one of the big takeaways of this episode, that we have Dean in this quiet way just redirecting Sam to don't look too closely at this because, you know, it's not a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. And, but And Sam, unfortunately, is just so stuck in his own experiences that he doesn't yeah. see... He doesn't see that, you know, his experiences were not universal. Yeah. He doesn't really have an awareness of how Dean grew up because Dean protected him against it. Like, that. that's why Sam can look at his dad as the hero in this moment because it just, it hasn't clicked for him that, no, there was that additional element of Dean being there that really helped protect you from what could have been. And, and and that Sam is even saying that, um, you know, praising John is a victory for Dean because that's exactly what Dean wants. Because if Dean, if, if Sam doesn't, doesn't know, yeah. know that, that not everything was, you know, not everything is perfect and happy, then... Dean did his job right and he has spent so much of his time trying to protect Sam from that that it's always been a big sore spot for Dean when Sam rejects that family those Mm -hmm. family values because that is what Dean has been fighting for for his Mm -hmm. whole life trying to that's what he's sacrificed for that's what he has committed himself to and I agree with you. It's a victory for Dean to hear Sam talk about his father in this light, but it's also a blow because it's an acknowledgement that, okay, we're siblings, but we're not on the same grounds because Mm -hmm. I had all of this shit that I had to hide from you and yay, I hid it from you, but it is isolating that I'm dealing with it myself. Uh, Yes, isolating because Dean doesn't offer his own, you know, opinions in this he doesn't interject like yeah you're right thanks i always thought so too yeah really this whole episode the only time that we get dean really asserting himself is at the end there being like you have this one thing that max never had Mm -hmm. because throughout the episode it's just more him trying to make sure that sam is calm sam isn't worried sam knows that dean is there for him Mm mm-hmm he spends the whole episode being very closed mouthed while Sam is processing what's happening to him. And Sam is connecting with this really vulnerable person. And then Sam is beating himself up when he couldn't save him. Like I really like Sam in this episode because there is this element behind his commiseration with Max that is very self-serving. Like it's very Slytherin of him that he is trying to connect to Max to save him. 
It's not for Max's self. It's not for Max's purpose necessarily. Like, what's Max's future going to be? Sam is trying to save Max to show that he can save Max. And it's just a very interesting 43 minutes of his character, um, seeing the way that he is trying to save this person, but he is still very centered on himself throughout this whole mission. Uh, I agree. I agree because he's trying to save Max, but it's it's almost like he's trying to prove something to himself by saving yes. Max because yes. because he because these Sam, visions are for a reason yeah and the yeah. reason is that I can save these people well I was gonna say and also um Sam is trying to find reason be- behind all of this but he's still scared and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to he doesn't want to be the freak he doesn't want to be max mm-hmm. and if and he's going to he have save... these freakish abilities then mm-hmm. there's got to be something good that comes out of it mm-hmm. and, and max has to be redeemable because if max isn't redeemable then what does that say about sam yes yes like there's a lot of ego coming from Sam in this episode, but I think that it's very understandable. Like it's you can have a lot of sympathy behind why he is reacting the way that he is because people really struggle with, you know, sometimes life is just random and hard and it sucks and there has to be some reason behind it. There has to be some justification. I had to go through this because I'm getting X, Y, Z at the end of it. And this whole episode is really Sam trying to process the things that are happening to him in that light of just needing control. Mm -hmm. You know, he has to have the reins on this because if he doesn't, then what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I would agree that this is Jared's strongest episode so far. It's Sam's, um, it's one of Sam's strongest episodes. We're seeing a lot of, uh, uh, I wouldn't say development. Like I wouldn't say character development, but a lot of character insights. Yeah. Illumination. Right. Right. From Sam and where Sam's mind is at right now. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, the last little bit here is them packing up to leave the motel and Dean being like, hey, Sam, I know where we need to go next. And <laughs> Sam, you can see, is like eagerly, oh, you know, where's, where are we going? And then Dean's like, Vegas, we could clean up on the craps. Like, <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Being the little shit that he has been, you know, taking the blow but rolling with it by being a snarky one-liner um you know let's get sam to roll his eyes and kind of take this less seriously mm-hmm. yeah sam is still you know oh where are we gonna go where are we gonna find answers and dean is just trying to uh distract from these things that are troubling him yeah and there is a moment at the very last Beat here where Dean looks back into the motel and he's kind of framed by the darkness within and yeah it's just an interesting beat I I don't know how to 
how to interpret it other than it is Dean having that moment of looking behind him and being like, yeah, there's there's a lot of shit kind of on our horizon. And I don't know, that moment where the mask falls briefly mm-hmm. um, that he's been holding up this whole episode. Well, because this whole episode, Dean is just... He's just hiding so much of himself um and we see that we we see him tucking all of that away so we know that he is uh really just a prop here for sam and trying to uh support sam without you know putting his own you know feelings Mm -hmm. out there so i took this moment as uh, like you said, the mask falling and we know that there's more to come because Dean's yeah. not as fine as as he's trying to lead Sam to believe. Yeah. Yeah. We've had several beats where we could tell that Dean was lying to or at least not revealing the full truth so that mm-hmm. Sam could better struggle better handle the struggle that he was going through, you know, mm-hmm. because if Dean flies off the rails, then Sam doubly flies off the rails. So Dean had to be an anchor to his brother throughout it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That turned out pretty much exactly how we predicted be, you know, uh, 30 minutes on the first <laughs> 40 minutes 40 of the minutes. episode and then <laughs> another 30 minutes on the last three minutes of the episode <laughs> i mean we're nothing if not predictable <laughs> yeah um remy what was your final takeaways for this episode let's see what's my big takeaway i i think that I really enjoyed this episode for uh, the way I saw Jared shine in it. And uh, that we got more uh, plot on what's going on. And we're even like... Well, actually, so really we didn't really learn anything new this episode right we knew that sam had psychic powers we knew that the demon you know targeted him for some reason and killed his mom and we're introducing the concept of other special children here in this episode mm-hmm. that sam might not be the only one that this happened to um and then also expanding sam's telekinetic abilities and the fact that he's now having visions while awake during the day. Right, right. So that's what I was going to say. Like, we didn't really learn more uh, about what is actually, like, what has actually happened to Sam. But we see, just the fact that we see his, um, these these powers, these abilities expanding is really intriguing. Because I... yeah. Because I really like this aspect of the of the show where we have Sam, and he said in this episode, uh, Dean was trying to reassure uh, 
Sam when Sam asks, doesn't this freak you out? Dean says, look, we handle weird shit every day. But Sam says, no, it's never us, though. Like, yeah. this is not weird shit that's happening out in the world. This is weird shit that is uh, happening to me and to us. Yeah, this is inside our own house here, Dean. Right. I just find this piece of the story really um, compelling because I like to see... <laughs> this is this is mean, but I like to see how Sam is uh, struggling with this the strangeness that's happening to him when I would say that he was raised to fear such things. Yes. Yes. And it was just really exciting to see that those abilities are expanding and to see um, that we're setting up this conflict where Sam is, you know, trying to get from Dean, you know, doesn't this freak you out? Which it obviously does, but Dean is not confronting it now, but we know that he will later. Yes. He has to. Yes. Like, you can't grow up being taught that there are monsters out there and you need to put them down. And then also have a sibling show these abilities that their mirror during this episode took to a really dark place and was using to kill people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just be like, oh, everything's fine. Nothing's on fire. Everyone is happy after seeing something like that. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. This is always one of my favorite things about the early seasons, Supernatural. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yes. How about you, B? What's your final takeaway? Mm, I'm probably along the same lines as you. Like, I really liked seeing the Slytherin in Sam this episode. Nice. And... I like I don't say that as a critique. I'm, I'm very fond of the way that he he has such compassion, but he can use that in such a way that benefits himself. Like those two things together I find so fascinating about him that he does genuinely care about people and he's sympathetic and empathetic to their plights, but the motivation behind what he is doing tends to be very self-serving. And so he can flip this on and flip it off. Like he in this episode was very clearly motivated that, you know, Max has to be redeemable because I have to be redeemable. And that informed so much of his decision-making around how to treat Max and how to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just think it's really cool to see his character struggling with that, you know, he needs to be in control. He needs to understand why this is happening. You know, there has to be some logic behind this. There has to be some reasoning and some control and how desperately he needs those things when, you know, they don't actually exist for you right now. Yeah. Yeah, how desperately he needs that really shines through. Uh, mm -hmm. He just 
pushes and pushes and pushes trying to understand it. And Dean is content to ignore it, but Sam is uh, is really struggling. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if we left this episode without saying that last three minutes, the whole <laughs> you got me and Sam just not even thinking about that. Like that, that dynamic about the early seasons, brothers, I, again, find so engaging because it really is something to see them be siblings, but then realize that their relationship um, has that extra element of Dean being a parental figure and how that makes parts of him completely invisible to Sam. I I agree. And it's, and I think that you said earlier, it's very isolating for Dean. Yes. Yes. He struggles with that being a victory and a defeat, you mm-hmm. know, victory as a parent, defeat as a brother. Mm-hmm. He's Yeah. yeah. Love it. Love it. Good episode. Mm-hmm. One of the classics. Yeah. We're kicking off the plot again. My God, there's so many starts and stops to this, but <laughs> here we go. That was season one, episode 14, Nightmare. And next week, we will cover uh, season one, episode 15, The Binders. I remember loving that episode when I first watched it. I love it. it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Very Deliverance. Very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you know it's set in Hibbing? Yes, I saw that uh, when Netflix tried to play the next episode on me. Um, I'm like, we could have had Donna season one. I know, I know. I just want uh, Detective, I think her name's Caitlin from next episode, uh, who is uh, the the local beat cop that Dean kind of pairs up with next episode. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. we, we just needed her to be Donna's cousin or something. <laughs> yes, I'm so with you there. Family on the force. So that's going to be fun to cover next week. Uh, the Benders is definitely one of the strong standalones. So yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> Very excited. So join us next week covering the Benders, and thank you guys for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, go ahead and share our uh, preview link that we put out on Twitter and Tumblr and social uh, for this episode, and like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate you. Yeah. Tell your friends. Leave a five-star review. We love those, and If you want to give a written comment, maybe we'll even read it on air. Yeah, absolutely. But until then, we'll see you next week. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. But I like to see how Sam is uh, struggling with this, like, abnora, abnora, mm, how do I say that word? Abnormality, no, normality, abnormality, that's the word. <laughs>
struggling with this admirality, abnormal. Okay, I can't. <laughs> with this strangeness. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs>